Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. Last week, we also prayed for our dear friend, Joe, who most of you know because the church posted um, he went to heaven on uh, Friday morning. And um, uh, he's been a fixture in this church for like 11 years. Um, and I've, I've really rarely seen anybody like Joe uh, worship the Lord. Um, so please mark your calendars. Um, we're going to honor and celebrate Joe's life Saturday at 2 o'clock. Saturday at 2 o'clock. So you women can come and have your coffee and gather from 10 to noon. And then at 2 o'clock, we're going to remember and celebrate uh, Joe. And um, it's going to be a Holy Ghost uh, hoedown because um, what, what I love about Joe is that he just didn't care what anybody thought. Like, you know how you're like, I think I'll lift my hands and worship but I'm concerned what people might think about me. Or maybe I'll go to the altar and worship, but I'm concerned what people might think about me. Joe had no cares what you thought about his worship. And um, I just, I love and honor that about him. So, and some of you are like, well, he's just, he doesn't know he should have cared, he's a nerd. Listen, have you ever seen those pictures that, that Becky's posted of them like in their 20s? Joe was cool, man. So he had the big like afro and the gold chains and the Camaro. I mean, Joe was, he knew he should have been cool, but he loved Jesus so much and had been redeemed so much. He certainly didn't care what you thought. He only cared what Jesus thought and he worshiped him with abandon. So, so join us uh, Saturday at two o'clock to honor and celebrate Joe. Joe didn't get born again until 50s, late 40s. Late 40s, he was like a full-on sinner sinner, and then he gave his heart to the Lord and began his walk with Jesus. See, some people would look at a guy who worships like Joe and just assume he was always like that. No, Joe was like the chief of sinners of El Paso, Texas, until he was in his late 40s. And then he got into those starting blocks, and he took his first step in following Jesus. And today, I guess my question for you is what is the next step that God is asking you to do? Because so often, I think Christians, they, they take a step, they go to church, they give their heart to Jesus, but then they stop running and they just stand there. And everybody else is like running their race and people, are, they get stuck because they never take another step. And some people are like, well, I'm new to the faith and I'm just, there's a lot of steps. Yeah, take one. And some people are like, listen, I've been a Christian for 127 years. I know it all. I have, I, I am the Christianist of all, I'm a level 10 super Christian. There's no more steps for me to take. That is a lie of the enemy because until you cross into the arms of Jesus, there's always another step for you to take. There's always a deeper place in his presence. There's always a deeper place in the word of God. So if, if you're in the starting blocks of faith, man, I want you to start your run, your race, and, and, and I want you to begin to pursue Jesus. Last week, I read the book of Hebrews, and I encouraged you to do so as your homework, so I'm sure you all did, thank God. And um, in there, the writer of Hebrews talks a lot about that Jesus is the king of kings, but he is also our great high priest. And um, in, in when I, I didn't read it last week, but when I got to chapter 12, there was a verse that stuck out to me that I wanted to read to you today, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and throw off the sin that so easily entangles. I know you don't, I mean, I, I, I don't have a sin that so easily entangles, and I know you don't, but the person next to you has a sin that so easily entangles. Today is the day we throw that off. 
and let us run our race with perseverance because there has been a race marked out for us. God has next steps for us. And how do we run this race? Verse two, fixing our eyes on Jesus. He, he's the finish line. He is the pioneer and he is the perfecter of our faith because the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured that all the way to the cross. He scorned its shame and then he sat down at the right hand on the throne of God. So consider him, consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners that you would not grow weary, and listen to this church, you would not lose heart. Throw off your sin, run your race, fix your eyes on Jesus, and whatever you do, don't quit, because so other people have gone before you and they have lost heart when they hit a little bit of opposition. They, 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 they take a few steps, they get punched in the mouth, and then they just stop running. Maybe they don't quit the race, but they just stand there because they've lost heart. So that's my counsel to you and what the writer of Hebrews says, don't lose heart. So <clears throat> last week, this whole thing, and I, I think there were some people that are, are new to the Bible, and when I was going on and on about Jesus being in the high priest of Melchizedek, I mean, that's like some deep stuff. Like, it, it takes a minute to understand. And the person who wrote Hebrews, because we don't know exactly who wrote it, I, I, I'm pretty sure Paul had to be in the room when this next bit was written, because it kind of sounds like Paul. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11 about this whole Jesus as Melchizedek, I've got so much more to say, but it's hard to explain because y'all are dull of hearing. Doesn't that sound like the Apostle Paul? He, he could spit some fire sometimes. Because through, by the, for through by this time, is the Bible got a typo in it? For though, my notes have a Bible in a typo in them. For though by this time, you ought to be teachers, but instead you need somebody to teach you the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. Because everybody who lives on milk is unskilled in the world, in the word of righteousness, because they're just a child. But solid food, that is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish the difference between good and evil. That is such just savage shots fired that he's like, listen, I wish I could give y'all meat, but I gotta give you milk again because you're dumb. It's basically what he's like, you just, you're dumb. That's a polite way of saying you're dumb and you can't even tell the difference between good and evil. I would, I would rather have you all be teaching groups, but instead I gotta go back to the basic principles. And what basically the writer of Hebrews is saying, I wish y'all would grow up and be more mature. Take your next step. Don't just sit there in your diaper, but I want you to mature in Christ. Don't quit, don't lose heart. Keep running the race that's been set out before you. Paul said this to the Philippians, I don't consider that I've made it on my own, but I do one thing. I forget what lies behind me and I am straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So stop looking at your past and look at the finish line. The finish line is Jesus. Friday morning, Joe crossed his finish line. I've always told you, you can't scare me with death. So it was like, oh no, Joe's fighting cancer and he's fighting kidney failure. He might die. Joe's like, I might. He didn't have a death wish. He loves his wife and his kids and his grandkids. But on Friday morning, can you imagine the celebration in heaven when Joe stepped into the, oh my gosh. 
Jesus is the prize. But sometimes we think of Jesus as the prize when we die. Not just when we die. Jesus is our prize today. Jesus is our prize on earth. Not money, not success, not fame, not, not houses, not stuff. Jesus is your prize today, and Jesus is your prize when you step into glory. And if we would all get a hold of this as a church, imagine how we could advance here in these mid-cities. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus put it this way. They were up um, at the north of Israel and Jesus was telling the disciples, who do people say that I am? And finally it was Peter was like, um, you're the Messiah. And Peter said, listen, Pete, you're right. And on that revelation, on that rock, I'm gonna build a church. And on that church that understands the, the real revelation that Jesus is Messiah, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we can all go, oh, praise hallelujah, amen. The gates of hell will not... What a, gates are defensive. Gates are not offensive. So if the gates of hell are not gonna prevail, that means that a healthy church is advancing on the gates of hell that are hurting our city and our lives. It means that we corporately, we push back on the gates of hell in the mid-cities. Those gates do not stand when the, the, a, a church advances, takes their next step, moves forward. So I'm, my question for this day, what is God's next step for you? Because until you cross into glory, there is always another step for you. You need a breakthrough in your life? Then take another step. You're struggling with something? Shake off the sin that so easily entangles you and take another step. You're struggling with addiction, you're struggling with fear, you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling in your health? Take another step with your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because if the church is all advancing, if all of us are taking our next step, if we're all moving forward and you're standing still, you're backsliding. Be like, wait, 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 I'm not, whoa, 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 I'm not backsliding. I'm doing my, my Jesus thing. I know, but you're not taking any steps and the rest of us are all marching forward. You're standing there doing nothing. So you're, you're backslidden. So take your next step, run your race, press on to the prize. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. By the way, if you're wondering how things worked out for Paul, at the end of his ministry, he told Timothy, he said, he said, bro, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. He didn't lose heart. This is our goal. This is our goal, that like Joe, we would finish the race full of faith. Don't you think when the doctors told Joe and Becky, listen, dude, the cancer has spread. There's really no way you get out of this. He's like, well, that's it. I'm walking away from Jesus. No. Joe was like, well, I'm gonna believe God for healing or I'm gonna go be with Jesus. Either way, I win and Jesus gets the glory. He didn't lose faith all the way to the end. Can I just give you a real talk? Like the longer I pastor and the longer I deal with people and the longer I just listen to people's stories, it's easy to do nothing. It's easy to coast. It's easy not to take another step. But when people don't take intentional steps of faith in their walk with God, Eventually, it leads to boredom, apathy, sin. It opens the door to sin. And it's just kind of like, what's the point of being a Christian if it's just like kind of blah, kind of lukewarm, just kind of eh. But the people that I get around in, in my own life, when, when I'm fanning the flame, when I'm keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus, when I'm taking the next step of faith, I'm excited. My life has purpose. My life has meaning. My roots are going down deeper. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the deeper things of God. I'm not just standing on the shore watching other people. I, I wanna get into the deep things of God. Why? Why is it that we feel better when we do what God's called us to do? Because that's what you were created for. I told you I, I got stuck on this earlier this spring and the staff made fun of me because I only had one illustration for all of March and April. 
And that is a hammer is really good at driving nails and terrible for holding a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee is really good at holding coffee and terrible at driving nails. One thing was created to do something. You were created to run a race. You were created to put one spiritual leg in front of another spiritual leg and, and, and take the next step for what God has created you to do. It should feel good to take another step. Now, the funny thing is this. God wanted children, not robots. So he's always given us a free will from Adam and Eve to you sitting right here this day to the disciples. You guys remember when Jesus was like, starting his ministry and he's walking around and he's finding just some blue collar guys. And he's like, hey, follow me. Like he gave them a choice, they didn't have to. So this message for you today, it's meant to inspire you and encourage you to take whatever the next step that God is giving you, but the choice ultimately is yours. You are like the disciples who were out there fishing. Read the story from Matthew chapter four. While they were uh, <clears throat> while they, walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers Simon Peter, Andrew, his brother, they were casting a net into the sea because they were fishermen. And he said, hey, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, they took their next step. They left their nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Je uh, Zebedee, John, his brother. We talked about John a few weeks ago. They were in their boat with their father mending their nets. They were professional fishermen. He said, hey, Follow me. And immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed Jesus. The disciples were given an opportunity. The king of the universe said, hey, follow me. And they quit their jobs and they followed him. They left everything to follow Jesus. So my question to you, what is Jesus asking you to do today? It's not always easy. But the payoff is you get to do it with Jesus. The disciples' lives were not always easy, but the payoff was they're always with Jesus. So he is the prize. He is the reward for the disciples then and for you today. Wherever you go, the prize is Jesus. He's just saying, follow me. He didn't give the disciples options. I think one of the biggest problems in the American church is we have options. I, I wish we had no options and it was just follow Jesus, serve Jesus, worship Jesus, share the gospel. And we were like, cool, but it's like in a minute because I'm going to Netflix for a bit. I'm going to sports for a bit. I'm going to hobby for a bit. I'm going to do my thing for a bit. And Jesus is like, come on, dude. I didn't give the disciples options and they followed me. Because you know that the disciples followed Jesus and sometimes it wasn't easy. Sometimes they wanted to kill Jesus and the disciples. Sometimes they went through a valley and sometimes they went through a mountain. But they were following Jesus because they said yes. And if you fast forward to the end of story, it's not necessarily biblical, but historically, 10 out of the 11 remaining disciples were murdered for their faith. We don't know for sure, but historically, John is the only one that died of old age. So 10 out of the 12 total, Jesus is like, follow me. And that led to their death. Some of them were brutal brutal murders for following Jesus. So if you have too many options in your life, limit your options so that you choose, it's like you're commanding your soul. I say yes to Jesus, even if it's hard, Jesus is gonna be my only option. No matter what else there is in life, I want to do what Jesus has called me to do. So that's an, you have to intentionally limit your options so that you say yes to Jesus. And it's not always gonna be easy. 
It wasn't always easy for the disciples that were following Jesus. See, we read about the 12, but we know that there were 70. We know that there were 120. We know that there were multitudes of disciples. So one time in Capernaum, which is up in the north of Israel, you guys know it's coming, right? It's the last time I'm gonna do this because I'm closing registration. If you would like to go to the city of Capernaum where Jesus preached this message, you can go with us on our Israel tour in November. If you are a woman, you can go for $500 less, and here's why. I told the tour company, 24 people, 12 double rooms. Number 23 signed up on Friday, which was a woman. So I'm not gonna put a man in a woman's room. So it would, I'll give you a $500 discount if you will sign up today before I close registration and you happen to be a female and you wanna go to Israel with us. As soon as a woman signs up, she'll get 500 bucks off and then we're closing registration and our tour bus is full. But I'll take you to Capernaum where Jesus said this, John chapter six. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and you drink his blood, you have no life in me. What are you talking about? Could you imagine being in this church that day? And you're like, hey, I think this guy might be the Messiah. This, this rabbi, he multiplies food, he heals the sick, he does miracles. This, this might be the guy. And he's like, yeah, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood, then you're going to get eternal life. I'm going to raise you up on the last day. And the disciples are like, what you talking about, Willis? Like, what the heck? Dude, you can't be serious. You want me to eat your flesh and drink your blood? This, this was disconcerting for people. Sometimes when I preach, I step on your toes, and I love doing that, by the way, and I make no apologies. But I've had people shake my hand and be like, hey, I don't know why you're always stepping on my toes. All I did was encourage you to love Jesus more and live holy. If you felt like that was stepping on your toes, you would have hated this sermon. Now, we know that Jesus was speaking about communion. I need you to eat my flesh, drink my blood. The communion we just celebrated, that's what Jesus was referring to, getting the broken body and shed blood of Jesus onto the inside of our lives. But there were many people that were his disciples that were following him day that this was a, a next step that they just couldn't take. And John chapter 6, verse 66, after this, many of the disciples turned back and they no longer walked with Jesus. Many of the disciples, it didn't say many of the crowd, many of the unbelievers, it says many of the disciples that were following Jesus, when they heard this sermon, it was just, I, I cannot take another step. And they turned around and they walked away from Jesus because the message was too hard. They would not take their next step. So what is your next step? Because I, here's, here's the, as a pastor, I love you so much and I pray for you and I, I want you to take another step in your walk with God because if you don't, you might lose heart and you might walk away like the disciples did. So I want you to pray and ask the Lord, what is your next step of faith? I don't care if you're a brand new baby Christian. I don't care if you're not yet right with God. I don't care if you're a Bible school student. I don't care if you're on our prayer team and you've been saved for 100 years. You always have another step. There's always an invitation into the deeper things of God. The longer we walk with Jesus, he's always going to be inviting us to a deeper place. So at the end of service, when we, when we go into worship, I want you to really ask the Lord in worship. Say, Lord, what's my next step? And to help you identify what your next step, the ushers are about to hand out to you a handout and I want you to take two copies of that handout. So it, this is gonna be a couple of next steps that we would offer here at Uncommon. So as quickly as you can, the ushers are gonna just hand out chunks, pass them down the aisles, <clears throat> and grab two copies of this. 
My next step, number one, repent and follow Jesus for the first time. Number two, repent and follow Jesus after walking away. This is the most important step. Other steps, this is cool, other things are gonna help you, but if you're here this morning or if you're watching online and you're not right with Jesus, you've gotta get into those starting blocks and take your first step with the Lord Jesus. And, you might, and, and we're gonna give you that opportunity in about 11 minutes. You guys know that I won't wrap this up in 11 minutes. Number three, I have not been baptized in water, so I wanna sign up to get baptized in water. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you should be baptized in water as your next step. Whether it's your first time or first time in a long time, you should have a meaningful baptism experience. Number four, I need to pray and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I need to pray in other tongues. I need, to, I need to have the power of God that's living on the inside of me. We can do that today at this altar. Just tell the prayer team, I wanna get filled with the Holy Ghost. Start Growth Track. Now, you can take Growth Track 2 today if you wanna start Growth Track 1 to start from scratch because this is the foundational class to give you the foundational um, steps of your faith. That's gonna start September 3rd. If you're not a member of this church, I double dog dare you to stop being an attender and a watcher, but become a member. And that our next membership lunch is not in August because of the back to school bash. That's gonna be at, uh, September 24th. You can sign up online. I need to take freedom track. If, if you have hurts, pains, if, if your family went through a divorce, if you've been through a divorce, if, if you ever had an addiction, if you've ever had a sin issue, if you've ever had a forgiveness issue, if you've never been in a bad church or an unhealthy church, if, if you went through the seventh grade and people were mean to you, you need Freedom Track. All y'all need to take Freedom Track. The next one starts on September 10th. Sign up on our app. If you look back at the last week and you didn't read your Bible consistently every day, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a chapter. I don't mean a verse while you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> Sitting there and reading one verse from my utmost from his highest is not reading your Bible. Anybody under 40 has no idea what that book is. Us old people know that was on grandma's toilet. I'm talking multiple chapters then you need to check that checkbox. Start tithing 10% of my income to the Lord, at least. That should be like the starting place that I trust God with my everything, so I trust God with the first 10% of my income. The next one is I wanna become generous, which is going above and beyond my tithe. I wanna have uncommon generosity. Maybe you've been attending this church, you're a part of this church, but you don't feel connected. It's because you're not in a you group. Our small groups that meet are how we get connected. And the bigger our church grows, the more you need a group to be connected with. Uh, small group, uh, U group semester starts September 3rd. Serve on a dream team. The average church in America, about 10% of the members serve in the church. So of a church of 500, an average church, only about 50 people consistently serve. At Uncommon Church, 150 people consistently serve at our church. Guess what? There's room for more. So if you have done all of these things, your next step is to serve on a dream team. I have once heard an expression that is saved people serve people. 
Some of you were like, oh, what a great shirt, I want one. We had one made <laughs> for this moment. And I'll tell you this, today after service in the back of the room are all of those tables that are lined up and the dream team leader of each one of our dream teams is gonna be standing back there. If you are not currently serving on a dream team, your next step is today to join a dream team and start volunteering with your time and serve and worship the Lord that way. Now, there's a million of them. You were also given this dream team handout just to briefly go over. The events team sets up events and things like that. Freedom Track team helps Ben and Allison to, to run our Freedom Track. Now, first, you have to go through Freedom Track, so maybe you need to sign up for Freedom Track. Growth Track is our team that welcomes new people in both membership class and also in our discipleship, uh, our, our growth track. The Uncommon Youth team, if you have a heart for teenagers, then talk to Pastor Josh. Our ushers do an amazing job of getting people in and, and communion and handing out papers and, and serving people. They, they get you with your flashlight to your seat. Somebody complained to me about a year ago. They're like, why is it always so dark? in here that you have to have people with flashlights to find my seat. And I said, ma'am, the lights are on at 100% before worship starts. You're late for worship. The welcome team are the people that welcome you in the parking lot and in the lobby. The worship team with our brand new pastor, Alan. Welcome our worship team. Come on, somebody. Our prayer and intercession team. There's two prayer teams. There's the prayer team down at the front but there's also two or three people in a back room watching the stream, watching the live video, and they're just worshiping, they're praying, they're praying for you right now in a back room. The, uh, the safety team, if you have your concealed handgun permit uh, in Texas, uh, we have men and women that serve on our safety team. They're volunteer, but it's armed security, and they're, they're pretty well trained. Um, they're usually... <laughs> Daniel's over here. I was looking at him in worship. During worship, y'all didn't play no games today. Like, you came to worship. I could hear you guys louder than I could hear these guys. I was so just like, it's like a roar of worship. And Daniel's over here like this. This is how safety people worship. Our tech team. Our church is about four or 500 people. In the last three months, 10,000 people have watched our YouTube channel. We need more camera operators. We need people to, to do tech stuff, worship, lights and all the techie things. Uh, if you'd like to lead a U group, remember what the writer of Hebrews said? I wish you could understand the deep things of God. I wish you were teachers, but you're still drinking milk. Well, what he's talking about is I wish you led a U group. I wish you were teaching a group. Um, if you want to sign up for a dream team, this QR code is on the back. If you have questions after service, I want you to talk to somebody back there. Let's get back to our my next step is to share the gospel with somebody. If you haven't led somebody or talked to somebody about Jesus in the last six months, you don't know Jesus. Because when I eat at an amazing restaurant, I tell everybody. Because it's like, this, this food is great, this burger is great, this pizza is great, this ice cream is great. Believe me, I know how to eat and I know how to tell people where it's good. My wife loves when I do that. If you've tasted of the Lord Jesus and not told anybody else how great it is, you've not experienced Jesus. You've gone to church, but you haven't experienced Jesus. Share the faith with somebody. Pray for somebody to be healed. When was the last time you laid hands on somebody? Oh, that, <laughs> that's for the prayer team to do. And that's why nobody gets healed. 
You have the gift of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. You should be going out of your, tripping over yourself to lay hands on sick people. When was the last time you prophesied over somebody? I'm not a, I'm not a prophet. Do you have the Holy Spirit or not? Because one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is prophecy. And if somebody needs a word from God to encourage them, then the Holy Spirit on the inside of you wants to speak a word of prophecy or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom and encourage somebody. Now, the next one, attend presence in prayer. There were about 60 or 70 of you for presence in prayer and y'all came to play last Wednesday. The presence of God in this house was thick. <sighs> Stupid, wasn't it? It was so good. But if you can, I'd love for you to get here as often as you can and pray on a Wednesday night. Maybe for you, your next step is to get healthy physically. Stop smoking, stop eating carbs so much, stop eating sugar so much, lose some weight, get on a treadmill, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe Jesus said before he went to heaven, I want you to go to the every nation on earth and make disciples. You can't make disciples of nations without a passport. So maybe your next step is to sign up for a passport so that you can join one of our next mission trips. Maybe the Lord's calling you to fast where you don't eat certain foods or you don't eat at all, just water, so that you can take that 24, three day, 21, 40 day, and you can focus your, your devotion to the Lord. Maybe it's other, and the Lord's gonna write in other for you, what your next step is. Holy Spirit is gonna drop that in your heart. The reason we gave you two copies and name and email is this. Half of these things the church can help you with. Get baptized, uh, whatever, join a team, um, serve on a team. If you need the church's help to follow up, then at the end of service, the ushers will be standing at the doors with those buckets for the offering. Drop it in the offering bucket and Pastor Ira will get in touch with you this week to help encourage you in this. Maybe it's for no other reason than just the accountability. I'm gonna get healthy. I'm gonna read my Bible. I'm gonna, just so somebody else on the earth knows, Pastor Ira's gonna know, Drop it in that thing so that somebody can help to encourage you in your walk with God. Now, I will say this. The one you keep, you don't need to put your name and email. I think you know yourself. But I want you to put it on your mirror when you're brushing your teeth. I want you to have it somewhere visible so that you don't forget about this day and this message. Hop up on your feet. We love our lives. We love our air conditioning, we love our shoes, we love our stuff, we love what we love, we love food. We love aspects of our life. But at the end of the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul said, guys, I consider my life worth nothing because my only aim is to finish the race, complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, and that is to preach the gospel. So what is the aim of your life? If you're running a race, what is the finish line of your life? What is the vision that God has given you for your life, for your family, for your job, for your school year? God is gonna give you a vision. What is the vision for this week? Ask the Lord in worship, God, I need a vision for this week. I want my life to have purpose and meaning, so put a vision in my heart. I want you to take another step in your walk with God. The choice is always yours, but if you would value your life less, we could advance as a church and really see some amazing things happen in this city. The devil is terrified we will all take another step because he is a defeated foe. 
People are like, oh, the devil is so scary. No, dude, he's a defeated enemy. He's a roaring lion. He's going to chalk some trash and make some noise. Just trying to keep you frozen in fear. Take another step and see what happens. Remember the first two check boxes on our handout? I got to get right with Jesus for the first time, or I got to get right with Jesus for the first time in a long time. I got to return to Jesus. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you know you're not right with God, if there's sin in your life you need to repent of, ask Him to forgive you, turn from that life and completely put your eyes fixed on the finish line of Jesus. Today is your day to start that race, to take the first step. It's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. On Friday morning, Joe stepped into the arms of Jesus, but he had to make this decision in his 40s. He was an alcoholic. He was just a bad dude. But he, in the last 20 years, has completely been transformed by Jesus. What, what's your story gonna be? You'd be like, man, I remember back in the summer of 2023, it was ungodly hot, but that's, the, that's, that's when I got right with Jesus. And I went all in, I got serious. I wasn't playing games, I wasn't doing church. I got serious about the Lord back in the summer of 2023. For some of you, it's gonna be the first time you pray this prayer. For some of you, it's gonna be the first time in a long time. Once you close your eyes, bow your head so Jesus can hear you. Father in heaven, we say yes to taking our next step. We say yes to running the race that you have set before us. We say yes to laying down our lives so that we can pursue you and follow you all the days of our lives. We say yes to you. And if there's sin in our lives, we repent. We, we don't want to run a race being held back by sin. We want to shake off the sin that so easily entangles us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need to pray a prayer to get right with the Lord, either the first time or the first time in a long time, I can lead you in this prayer, but I can't pray it for you. I would like to know who I'm praying for. If that's you this morning, would you be real brave and real bold just between you and me? Shoot your hand up real high and say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. Today's my day to repent of my sin and make Jesus the Lord of my life. Today I, I'm checking off box number one or box number two. I see your hand over there. Is there anybody else? Shoot your hand up real high. All right, YouTube. One person here. What about you at home? If that's, you know it's you. Your heart's beating out of your chest. God loves you so much. He's brought you to this point to take that first step of faith. Just shoot your hand up right there in your living room, just looking at that screen and just say, I want to get right with God today. For those of you at home and for the one that's in the room, let's all pray this prayer together. If you believe it in your heart, pray it out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I repent. I surrender my life to you. I am taking my first step of faith. You have laid out a race for me. And I am going to run it to the finish line with my eyes fixed on you. So be the Lord of my life, the King of my heart, in Jesus' name. Hey, for the rest of us, let's pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, reveal to me my next step and help me to be obedient to do whatever you've called me to do in Jesus' name. Listen, here's what we're going to do. 
Our prayer team is going to be up here to pray for you. If you need healing in your body, your heart, or your mind, we're going to pray for you. If you need to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in other tongues, we're going to pray for you. If you need a prophetic word, we're going to prophesy over you. If you're here this morning and you got right with God and you were too afraid to raise your hand, we're going to pray for you. If you're watching online and you got right with God, text Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 817-405-2244. That's going to send you a form back. Please fill out that form and click submit. We want to begin to pray for you, encourage you. We want to put your name on our Jesus wall over here on a light bulb. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.